You're listening to the Real Estate Radio Hour, the show that brings you unfiltered stories and insight from the Twin Cities real estate world with your hosts, Chris Rooney, broker at REMAX Preferred, and Andy Presky, leader of the Preferred Home Team at REMAX Advantage Plus. Hello. Yo, yo. Where's, Where's our, our fearless? Florida? The Florida man. Florida boy, not Flor, not uh, Floripa, but Florida. Floripa is a little better by, isn't it? Right now, I think so. Well, not this moment because the Brazilian ray high is uh, getting strong because of the oil crisis. Okay. But um, by the end of the year, it should go back to five five is a uh, one dollar. That's a good time, I think. Five five. There he is. Does that look good? Yeah. We're live, big boy. Woo! What's up, Buzz? Your volume's a little... I can't quite hear you there, big big shooter. Can you hear me now? Yes. It's because I had you muffled in a towel in the corner. Sorry. Oh, okay. Good deal. Good deal. All We're right. Next. You ready to talk some real estate or what? Yeah, what, I'm ready. What's Andy up to? How's Andy's trip going? Andy's life is good at the moment. It uh, <laughs> wait, here we go. Yeah, we're living good. We're here in uh, Fort Myers, Florida, out on the uh, out on the beach, and uh, kind of see the backwaters behind me here. It's the only place you could hide in the shade today. It's pretty sunny and beautiful. So you're on Fort Myers Beach. Yeah. Yep. That's where I was looking, and uh, that uh, that hasn't gotten any more affordable. I'll tell you that. I, uh, I was kind of shocked, to be honest with you. We were looking at properties that were down, you know, used to be two, three million bucks on the ocean. And now they're 30 million, 20 million. It's unbelievable. I mean, I don't think you can find a lot under $3 million right now, to be honest with you. On the water. On, on the ocean. Yeah. Yeah. There's some the canal places that are somewhat decent, but it's. Yeah. Uh, There's it's some backwater out there that are pretty 1.4, 1.7 in their. They need to be leveled, but then you have a boat and then you can go around like behind me here, they go around the island and then yeah. they can be out. Oh, so you're on that back. Is that that back river area? I'm literally, if you look over my shoulder here, this is the um, pink shell hotel right here. Oh, and sure. We're on the tip of the island, kind of on the, the north yeah. side of the island. I've been there. I've been there. Oh, yeah, it's great, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it was good. The Lonnie Kai, not too far down. Yeah, but you don't. You're not a. You're not a partier like I am. I uh, I try hard though. The group I'm with has a good time. So we uh, you wander from the Lanakai to the Leaky Tiki to the. <laughs> hey, guess guess what I'm doing tonight? What's that? It's a this is a thing that I I can't even believe that I'm doing it. But I'm going with uh, two buddies of mine. I'm going to Blaine tonight. Whoa. Tommy Sounds Kramer's good. Tommy Kramer number nine. His house for a Vikings draft party. Oh, fun! Can't wait. Yeah. How'd you get on that? It's he's he actually sells tickets. He does stuff for the fans, but it's not. It's like one hundred twenty-five dollars a person. You go out and hang out at his house, and he's got a Packer what? urinal. <laughs> so it's kind of like I don't know. He's he's but he's just uh he's really into the like the fans and the old fans and stuff and yeah. Um, yeah. pretty cool. Keith Millard and. Henry Thomas oh, wow. are going to be there as well. So that'll okay, be fun. I'll go check out the Blaine housing market, Andy. You uh, you get a one-day pass, and then you need to leave. How is it up there? I mean, ours is really kind of this whole it, – it's the weirdest. I think it's the craziest market. We have houses that just get blasted and then other ones that are almost ghosted. Yeah. it's. I mean, they're I mean, still selling, but just the, it's just so – you, you can't predict it. Right. Yeah. No, we're kind of seeing the same thing. I, I believe that we've had in the last week, there's been, you know, some uh, properties that come up for sale. They sell immediately or they, you're right. They seem to sit there and, and, and kind of linger a little bit. And it's coming down to where I think the market's just trying to correct itself a little bit on the top where there's people that are willing to pay a certain price, but you get to a, a point of where people are like enough is enough. And uh, and I think you're seeing some of that in some of those sectors, you know, or segments of the market. Yeah, I'm also seeing and hearing 
um, from people that they want to just lock in before these rates go too crazy on them. Yeah. And I just don't know if that's going to ha keep happening. If it's going to keep going up, like they say, they're going to, I don't think they can do that. I think they got to kind of stop it, but inventory still, still not there. And uh, right. I think as long as we don't have inventory, we're going to have a, a seller's market for sure. Well, I mean, I, like we were talking about some of those charts we had last week. I mean, the the uh, the banks took it upon themselves in anticipation of the rate hikes, actually took those hikes ahead of time, you know, knowing that eventually they were going to go up. And so it's kind of one of those things where it's completely in anticipation of it. It's not because of it's not a reaction. It's a it's a, you know, pro uh, action, if you will, or whatever. And so they are preventative. So <clears throat> they're trying to have the market get used to it. Well, I think that right now, as the market's very fragile, they probably would have benefited from just like the Fed wanted them to raising rates slowly instead of just jacking them up as fast as they did, because it put everybody in the shock mode for sure. I um, I, I got had an interesting stat that came to us and I, we didn't even write an offer on this place, but we were one of the showings and the agent basically came back and told everyone kind of what they did. They didn't say what kind of price they got or which yep. one they accepted, but okay. it was interesting. So it was like $525,000. They had, 61 showings. Okay. 11 of those people wrote offers. Wow. All of them were over full price. Eight of them offered appraisal protection and eight of them um, did not include an inspection. Jeez. So just to kind of give you a kind of an example of, you know, what you're fighting against now, who knows what that price ended up being. I think right. they, they were a little aggressive at that price point, but I've talked a lot about this over the years. It's it's there's segments. There's different segments that get hot at different times. And this is one of those segments that was crazy. There's another one that we um, had shown before. And I don't know if you know this, but we have, we have a, it's called showing time. And it basically charts all our showings and stuff like that. You can find out like in a certain price range, what, how many showings, as long as there's three um, homes in that price point, how many showings yep. you can have now that price point between i think it was 5 and 550 in yep. um within a two week period there was 161 showings on those listings wow. compared to 550 to 575 just one little tick up 24 and so it's just to me it's just like there's there's segments all of a sudden they go hot and they shoot and you got to be aware of that when you're listing. That's why I always tell people, we don't price anything until we're ready to go on the market. And typically, we'll do what's called a coming soon. It just gives a little time in which for people to be able to set up showings. So say you go in on a, a Wednesday or, or something, and then you don't start showings till Friday. Well, people right. can set up showings, and it can all start kind of getting out there. But we don't price it until that Wednesday. We decide oh, what we're competing against, what we're going against, how is that market moving? And then we go after it. So. Gotcha. Okay, that's good. It's good information. Just let you know. Yeah. But, but you know that micro information when you you break it down that tight, where you have information that's that specific, that's very useful for a consumer because, I mean, that's going to help them with their what should they anticipate, and that's part of our job is when they're navigating, you know, jumping on the market or should I sell right now? Should I wait? all that goes into that equation and you can literally guide them and say right now, you know, the other houses like yours have been getting 26 showings and five offers, or are they getting, you know, five showings and, and, and no offers. And so. Yeah. I'll tell you the other thing I, I wanted to kind of make a comment since I keep looking at this water and I want to be there. Um, but a lot of people would say, you know, like, Oh gosh, I mean, Andy's business just stops now. He just stops because he's out on vacation. He's out in Florida. And I'll tell you sure. what, with, with our technology now, it's unbelievable that I actually, I think I am more, um, much better when I'm on the road. I'm much more tied into things. I have time to be able to, you know, dive into stuff rather than run into different places. And it's almost like it's, you get more done when you're away. Yeah. You see that? No. You feel that? Well, for an example, if you think about it, I mean, I'm on vacation right now, but I don't mind taking a call. I don't mind doing a podcast. I don't mind, you know, it's kind of that business is ingrained into your world. And it's it's one of those things where you just have to take those moments instead of a, a big figure of time 
we don't uh, take the two week vacations like they used to do back in the eighties and seventies, you know, where you drive all the way to Florida and you're gone for two weeks. And uh, you know, nowadays we seem to be doing the, uh, um, the kind of the, uh, you know, uh, as you, as you can, you take them and, and enjoy those moments and relax. Yeah, you have to do it. You have to do it. Yeah. Hello. Yes. I'm calling about the house that you've had listed for about three months. Yeah. Well, I've got great news. My buyers loved it. I showed it to them today and we're going to be bringing you guys an offer. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I'll just tell you right now, um, they're going to be offering about $20,000 less than the asking price. Uh, the buyers are also going to be asking the seller to pay about $3,500 of their closing costs. And also, we noticed that the roof looked kind of old. So we're going to go ahead and ask that the seller replace that before they take possession of it. Oh, they'll take it? Oh, great. I'll write it up and have it over to you in just a second. Hi. Yeah, um, I'm calling about the house that you listed 17 seconds ago. You already have 45 offers. Wow. Well, might as well make it 46. <laughs> yeah, we're going to bring you one. Um, I, I'm just going to go ahead and tell you that the buyers are going to offer 40000 over asking. They're not going to ask for a home inspection. They're not going to ask for any repairs. They're going to pay their own closing costs. They'll even pay the seller's closing costs if that'll help. Unfortunately, they can't go higher than 40000 over asking. They're already shopping outside of their budget. <sighs> okay, look, the buyers didn't want to offer this, but they have a son who's three, and they are willing to offer their firstborn if the seller will accept our offer today. He's been offered two of those. <sighs> Great, thanks! Oh, that's fantastic. Oh. <laughs> oh, not not too far off, I'll tell you that. Everyone's coming up with more creative things, though. I, I've seen some really creative, uh, interesting items. People paying uh, buyers move or sellers moving costs. Sure. You know, saying, hey, we'll, we'll take care of your, your whole move for you. You know, and another way in which just to maybe be a little different and try to stand out and make it more convenient. It's all about convenience. The more convenience, you're hoping you don't have to pay more money. Or at least I, you're going to get I just could not believe how, how funny that is with the smeared mascara and the vodka bottle and the... <laughs> she clicks it off. <laughs> yeah. I, I think that for, unfortunately, for a lot of real estate agents, that's that exact trauma, if you will. I call it trauma. Uh, that they're going through with their clients is the reason why a lot of them will be finding new jobs right now because it's the market thin out. They can't handle the stress. They're like, I got, and that, not not a sign of weakness, more of a, a lifestyle choice. It's just the market does get stressful when you don't have inventory and and uh, yeah. Well, how quickly has the mortgage industry changed? There's a lot of layoffs going on in the mortgage industry. Yes, For, there is. I mean, it's it's crazy. I was like, what what what's happening here? But you know yeah. what? The whole their their refinance all dried up. You know, everyone's got lower mortgages. It's really hard in which to refinance unless maybe you're trying to get some cash out and need to do something. But uh, it's strictly on buys, and the people that rely just on those refinances are finding themselves without a job now. Well, I thought it was kind of funny. I you know, no offense to any of our lenders that we use frequently because we love all of them, but it's been funny how. For years, Chris and I have joked around about how the lenders just disappeared because yeah, there was so much low-hanging fruit. They didn't have to work for a lot of it. And they could survive and make their big money and not have to deal with the agents. Well, now the money's gone and the they're chasing after the agents again. And it's like, so what I'm saying is we're getting three, four calls a day from different lenders. Hey, want to go have lunch? Or hey, want to? <laughs> no. It's kind of no. funny. I, I kind of think it's funny. I started my own real estate brokerage at 24 years old. Here's what I learned. First thing is it's expensive. There's a ton of unforeseen costs that I just was not expecting and being a broker owner. I was like, okay, I'm going to go from team leader to broker owner and I'm going to keep a hundred percent of everything that I do. And I'll be able to leverage the leads that I got coming in, the overflow, and I'll be able to give those to my agents. It gets really, really expensive to pay for the insurance, brick and mortar. All of these things get really, really costly. The second thing that I really missed was actually the networking opportunity. 
opportunities. So before, when I was at a brokerage, you know, I was a part of like a coaching program and I was around a bunch of different agents all the time. We would bounce ideas off one another. When you start your own brokerage, you're kind of on your own little island and you either got to pay to like get into a different kind of network or mastermind, or you got to like figure it out on your own. The networking piece is a really big missing part when you start your own brokerage. The last lesson and probably the hardest one I learned is it is really hard to scale a traditional real estate brokerage. I had plans to like franchise mine out. It, there's a saying, the brokers are broke. You know, they yep. have to make, they have to make money um, a lot of different ways. I mean, it's a competitive industry. And uh, when you're a small brokerage like that and trying to compete with the big boys, you can't, you can't do it. I mean, they got the economy of scale and yep. uh, yeah, it's not, uh, it's not as lucrative as one might believe. Yeah. It, well, and I think a lot of us, you know, think of it as being graduated level of excellence. Like you keep, you know, you become a real estate agent and then you, as you've earned your stripes, you become a broker. And, and there's something to be said for that too, Chris. I mean, you can kind of comment on that being a partner in a brokerage um, yourself, but you know, it, it's, it's an ownership status. It's a supervisory position. It's an opportunity to guide licensed agents underneath you um, under the state. But, you know, Chris, why don't you talk about that a little bit about the difference? Because it's not like it's a prestige status. Like you went from amateur to pro it's, yeah. it's more, responsibility factor than it is anything else. Yeah. And from a brokerage, I mean, a broker basically is the one that's responsible for everything. So if you're, if you own a company um, and, and you are the broker of that company, basically every agent that works under there is your responsibility. And, yeah. you know, it's, so it's, it's totally, it's totally on you. So any mistakes they make, um, you know, and I've been, I've been a broker since 1996. So I've been I've been doing it quite a while. What is that? That's twenty, geez, twenty six years, um, of being of being that responsible person. Thank God I have good good people. But um, yeah, it's not. I mean, I think it's kind of something that you're in and you just kind of go with it. But it's not like, I mean, my money's made on selling houses, not right. uh, not being a broker. That's for sure. Right. Oh, go figure. Look at that. Oh, look at that. Look at that. Oh, would you look at that? Just look at it. Just look at it. Yeah. What the heck? That's that's an investor's dream right there. That's what you want to see. That's what I would want to see, you know, because a lot of people can't see past that. Then you're able to get it for less. But I'll tell you one thing. The other is that you run into some very interesting things. I've got a place that I'm doing right now. Redoing, we uh, well, the unofficial count for dead mice found in that house is now at 104. Jeez. 104 dead mice. There's a wasp's nest that I, I there, that's in there. There's birds. I mean, this house was. I mean, from appearance, it was like it's not that bad. Yeah, yeah. 104 mice, wasp's nest it, it above the bed. So that the the remodel that ended up like I'm thinking, hey, I can save this ceiling. I can, you know, just not cut out all the sheetrock and do all that. Now, not only did I not save one bit of um, ceiling, I got rid of all the insulation as well. And then when the insulation came out, I found out that they, they notched into the trusses, making them oh. no good. And so now you have to reinforce all of them. And I don't know if you've checked lumber bills lately, but uh, they're not pretty. They're not yeah. Yeah. So it's a it's a it's a six figure number that uh, my house has risen because of that. Wow. So you you gotta that's I mean that's why people try you gotta get them for less. You gotta there's a lot of risk involved with it. So wow. Yeah. Oh well. Oh well. <laughs> Those are really fast to read, and I know there's a marketing thing to that, so you turn and watch it again and again and again. But yeah. uh, it was basically the 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 perils of a realtor and having information, you know, get to you that. Oh, we decided to rent. No. 
we're not paying commission. <laughs> it's just like yeah. it's like you're shot, you know, when you get those those calls. And I don't know about you, Andy, yeah. but they never come. It's never like, oh yeah, we got a sale, we did this, and oh boy, there's bad news. It's usually yeah. whack, whack, whack. You just get nailed with bad news after bad news. It's not like it just trickles in. It's like all at once it hits you. The example I can give you is when you're in the ocean swimming and you get hit with a wave, you're like, oh boy, that was scary. That I'm glad that's a whack and you get hit again. <laughs> with another wave. And uh, that's the real estate bit sometimes. But, you know, I was waiting for that. I was waiting. I was. I thought Nick was a little slow on that, but he had yeah. to he had to let you kind of say it first. That's I. Uh, the Andy, that's the Andy I know. Yes. <laughs> uh, I, I was laughing though because it was the you, you know exactly what I'm talking about though. Everybody that's ever swam in the ocean knows how that works, right? Totally. Yeah. Totally. That's why. That's why I've right. always said Andy's. Andy's analogies are the best because they, it totally does. It, it gives you a, a, a framework of getting a feel for something like they don't know, like us realtors are getting hit with all this information, but you know what a wave, a, a wave feels like. So, yeah. 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 Hi, ladies. How you doing? I want to kill you. Oh, yeah. Take a number, honey. <laughs> Do that one one more time, Nick. Oops, I just deleted it. Um, oh, it was there, like there. When, when you give a realistic uh, viewpoint of the housing market and people yeah. like hate you for it. Yeah, yeah, it's hard, but you gotta, I'll tell you what, from a realtor standpoint, you have to give people the facts. They have to be able to deal with them and understand what they're, what they're what's going on. And if you don't, it's just gonna cost you later on. And it's gonna cost you a client and everyone they know if you're not honest with them. You gotta be honest. Every, every time and it's like a buyer i always talk to buyers and i say you know what what most people do is they really won't tell you what's happening with the market kind of get you in let you lose a few times and then all of a sudden now you push up i say you know what i don't like to lose i want to win i want to win from day one and so i'm going to explain to you exactly what it is now some people don't listen and they don't really know what it is but i'm i always say i'm not going to not tell you i have to tell you if i don't tell you i'm not doing my job it's ultimately your decision. You get to do whatever you want, but I have to tell you this. So I don't I don't like losing lots of times. It's not fun. Hey, this next segment is brought to you by Andy Prasky, preferred home team. Well, they said I could have 30 seconds on the show for a quick ad. Andy Prasky, Remax Advantage Plus, Andy at Prasky.com if you want to email us. Here's the thing, 22 years in the business, over 1,400 sales, I'd like to help you with your real estate needs. If that's buying, if that's selling, if that's building, whatever it is, give us a call, send us an email. Let's get you started on your real estate journey. I'd like to help you on the way. Uh, lots of experience here, and I uh, would like to put it to work for you. Andy Prasky, Remax Advantage Plus, thanks for listening to the show. Do you not, do you not, uh, it's, what do you say to people who are hoping for a housing crash? Go to hell. Yeah, no. pretty much. I mean, that's just, uh, I mean, it's just, it's silly. Why would you even want that? I mean, maybe as an investor and, uh, you know, you're going to be able to pick up on other people's misfortune, but uh, yeah. hoping for a housing crash, there's just no, uh, to me, there's no sense in asking, wanting, or thinking, or believing. Well, I mean, you can believe in it and, and attempt it, but no one's been able to predict a housing crash. I mean, they're not they're not predicting a housing crash here. That's the other thing is that they're, that's that's not the prediction that's happening. We're, they're saying we have 10 years of short inventory is what we have coming for us. Everyone's saying, yeah, the interest rates are going to go up, but there's, there's not a there's not a housing crash that's going to happen. And now could it could it level off more? That's fine. I don't I have no problem with that. But um, to want it to crash is uh, is just completely silly. I, I don't see one reason why you'd want that. Well, I think it's 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 just false information. I think it's somebody saying 
they want it to crash so that they can get into the market and afford something. But in all reality is if the market actually crashes like it did before, the whole uh, banking industry is set off and there's the risk thresholds go, you know, crazy. And what will happen is technically a lot of people will lose their jobs. You know, things will happen. All of a sudden, you know, you may not even be qualified as a, a buyer. So the fantasy that houses would drop back down to a level that we saw in 2006, I think is a little crazy. And the fact is that right now, with uh, if you look at the experts and I say, before you say, I think we're heading into a bubble, if you, if you look at the research and you actually spend the time um, to actually figure out like, hey, who's telling us this information? Where did they get it? Look at the sources and you can make better decisions. I, I agree with you, Chris. We're looking at a supply and demand issue and it's, it's, it's that simple. Totally. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, I don't think you ever want to, I, I, I got firsthand front row seat to a lot of people that lost their house, lost their houses, lost pretty much everything that they had. <laughs> and uh, it wasn't a, it wasn't a pretty sight and what they had to do over, you know, really the next five, seven, even 10 years to be able to get back uh, to some sort of normalcy. I, I did a, uh, a class in high school. I used to, a now retired teacher had a class where he had this real estate segment and I would come in and I'd talk about real estate. And the one part that there was really kind of excited about was the whole foreclosure thing and how it worked. And I can't tell you how many times I'd have kids come up to me and thank me because they knew they were losing their house, but they didn't know when they were going to get kicked out. And that was very, you know, it was really sad. I mean, it was really sad. Um, I actually, uh, sold a house to a kid that was in that class that his parents were getting foreclosed on. And uh, it was just kind of interesting because he remembered that that whole thing and when we talked about it. But so, yeah, don't don't be hoping for a housing crash. It's not well, a good thing. The other thing is, is when you get into um, when you, you've heard the analogy, uh, I think all of us on those motivational um, lines where they talk about, you know, how strong men make good times, you know, good times make weak men, that kind of a concept. And I think when we went through some of those tough times, there was a lot of kids observing their parents struggling and going through financial, um, you know, situations that they never wanted to put them or their families into. And I think that is one of the, the, the weird gifts of that time was that now you have a lot of millennials that are really smart and really protective with their money. And even the Gen Z buyers that are coming up, you know, the youngins that are under the 25 range, you know, those guys and gals that are out there looking to buy houses, um, are the same way. They're they're putting big deposits, or they're they you know are being very frugal with their money, in a good way. And I think that you just you got a generation of good people coming up that are solid, solid people. I agree. I agree. Yeah, this is just a, a very hot topic on uh, the Twitters and the Reddit. Everyone wants prices to be affordable, so they're kind of preying on the downfall of the market, which is quite sad. Well, that's cool. I guess, you know, you got to, you got to pick what side of the, is your son going up? Is your son going down? You know what I mean? And how do you want to live your life? You want to live off of somebody else's losses? I guess that's your choice, you know? Karma is a funny thing, man. If you hope some family gets kicked out of their house and then it happens to you down the road, it's hard for me to feel sorry for anybody that wishes that upon anybody else. Okay. This next, uh, Question, it's kind of a specific one, but uh, fish eye lenses, good idea to use for taking photos of a home or not? I have a little photo here. There's a discussion on this. <laughs> just like uh, little Andrew uh, just did there. So they were, they were basically complaining about um, fish eye lenses to stop using them and, and why you shouldn't, but I want to hear your guys' uh, point of view. Why don't you explain what it is? Well, it's what he uses a distorted lens. Yeah, uh, no, it's, I think a lot of people, it's kind of interesting. The, the concept that you really want to see what's actually there is probably part of it. You know, like that is somebody trying to use and, and show the width and how beautiful it is, but it distorts it. So it artificially makes that area look bigger than it is. A lot of great photographers will do the same thing inside the house. And then we do get a house that people come in and they go, this is a lot smaller than I thought. So there's like a disappointment factor once they get there. And there's there's a feeling of they've been manipulated or that they, you know, aren't really, they would have never wasted their time coming there. And then there's, you know, a lot of the real estate agents and photographers that are like, hey, 
It's my job to get you showings. It's my job to make sure that that customer comes in and, you know, and, and, and does what we want them to do. See the house, you get showings, you get offers. Yeah. I, I totally uh, agree that a lot of people do do that, but I think it hurts them in the end. Uh, even if it's a decent home, if you don't depict it correctly on their first impression, which everyone's first impression is on the internet and it's the photos that you choose. And if you, outdo it it's almost better to have them the pictures a little worse than the than the home um and not like a lot worse or completely depicts it the right way now you can take the right angles and stuff to be able to you know maximize it and maybe leave out some pictures that you shouldn't but i think even um something like this and this lens i mean it makes me feel like you know there's a curved dock and where am i am i can i put my boat on there or can, can i not i mean it's just as it's one of those things that it just, it doesn't do anything for me, except for the fact of maybe some clickbait and uh, some other marketing purposes uh, for that kind of stuff. And I, but I just don't think, I don't think it's, it's, it's beneficial at all because you set people the, with the wrong expectations. Agreed. A little misleading for sure. Wonderful. Okay. Hey, this next segment, our real estate, Reacts to memes is brought to you by Chris Rooney, home experts. I was just one years old when my family started in real estate, where both my parents were agents. They also dabbled in investing in real estate, rentals, flips, and construction. After college, I went right into getting my license in July of 1990. As a 23-year-old agent in an industry that looks nothing like today, I had to know more for my clients to choose me. There wasn't Zillow or social media to tell them how good I was. I had to win them over with knowledge. With knowledge comes confidence, and with confidence comes results. I found right, here's the first one. When you're at an open house in a snowstorm and there's no firewood, as a realtor, I love serving my community. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah. Um, That's funny. Oops. What's uh, uh, what? What's the purpose of that? Give me. Give I think me maybe what's... just a funny meme to share to your um, people. You know, it's funny. I, I like helping the community out. And yeah. you're you're willing to go through fire in which to be able to do it. Probably, yeah. And I think that's uh, it's interesting. My um. My brother-in-law and sister are in real estate, and they had this one client who was building or purchasing a very large house. They went on the internet and they had something on some website that said um, they're twenty-four-seven realtors, twenty-four-seven. And this person called them and said, "You know what? You said you're twenty-four-seven, and and I like that, and I want to be able to use you." And they said, "We want to look at houses in in an hour." and wonder if you could do it. And he was open and he did it. And it wasn't like they called him at two in the morning, but it was just kind of like, you know, a statement like that, like no one wants to be 24 seven, but uh, that it worked. And that might be another something that, hey, I'm gonna go through fire for you and be able to take care of you, so. Well, how do you, how do you get, how do you convince yourself or stick out in a crowd when there's, you know, literally thousands of other choices of people who do the same service you do and you have to have some kind of a something attention grabber that makes people pay attention to you for sure. Yeah. Maybe sometimes Dan, it's just doing your job right. That what might that might stand out and get referred by people. But that's just an opinion that I have. <laughs> you have to get to that point first. So Credibi credibility has no place in this industry anymore. Oh, Wait, <laughs> <laughs> He's on like slow motion over there. Yeah. Saved nine thousand in commission, lost nineteen thousand on selling price. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we've all, we've lots of comments on that. Um, like I said, and I, I'll say it again, I don't even list my own houses. Just saying, I don't list my own places because you're not good with uh, your own. You, it's very hard. It's very hard to um, be in a negotiation standpoint uh, with yourself. 
some people can do it. I'm not very good at it for myself. Um, I'm certainly, I do it well for other people, but um, that's why I have other realtors do it for me. I should have you, Andy. You should represent me. I've been asking you for years for business, Chris. Yeah, you, you would have got rid of those mice. I'll tell you that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that would be a nice community bonfire or something for you. Yeah, there you go. Hey, this next one is similar, but it's kind of a cute meme. That is good. Kind of a play off of it. Yeah. Yeah. That is funny. Selling houses on your own. I don't, you know, this, again, the selling part isn't the hard part. It's all the other, the forms and keeping you out of trouble, know what can and, what can and can't go wrong and knowing how to handle it. And I think that's where people really get in trouble. And I'll tell you what, in this market, it's even worse. People are, feel like, you know what, if I don't want it, I'm going to, I'm not going to buy it. And what are you going to do about it? And, you know, not being through it in these situations. I mean, even someone who's been doing it 30 some years, you know, I'm, I'm running into situations that I've never had to run into before. Really very interesting. So. Agreed. Well, I think just interesting how the market's changing so rapidly, quickly mm -hmm. for someone, like you said, I think the average was, 12% under list price was the average for sale by owner price. And, and that was uh, increased even in the best of best times recently up to 8%. And, and it's still, it's like if a realtor is charging you a five, 6%, 7% to sell a house, you're getting all that service and it's covered and you're getting the best representation because what I worry about too, Chris, is not only this, I worry about the liability down the road. So once somebody's actually committed to you to, you know, buy that house, let's say you mislead the disclosure or you don't fill something out correctly. And all of a sudden you've got a situation where they come back after you down the road. And most people don't realize that you can be sued or they don't realize that, you know, by not agreeing to arbitrate, they have their rights. And so um, anyway, it, it's, it's a, it's an ongoing thing that I always say, just make sure you understand what you're getting into before you get into it. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Okay, so when would you say was the last sweet spot for home prices plus mortgage rates, Mr. Andy? Uh, I'd say about this time last year was pretty nice, right? About January of February of last year was really a sweet market. Right before the big rate, lumber jumped up crazy. Uh, rates were at under three. It was a pretty sweet spot. Yeah. And I think that's interesting is, you know, people trying to even predict when was the best time and, and which which to buy and when when's to sell and all of that. You never really know until it's over. Um, so no one really knew. I mean, back with the, the time that you're talking about, I was thinking, oh, my God, this is absolutely crazy. Some of these houses are going for this kind of price. And I mean, it's nuts that someone would pay this much and maybe they should just wait a little while kind of a thing. And now all of a sudden it turns into that was probably the sweet spot in when to purchase, uh, purchase the homes. And yeah, and we talk about, you know, now it's, now it's more talking about at that time, it was talking about a payment, you know, you'll never have more affordable uh, housing right now. And sure. If you pay a little more, it's going to be less, but now it's even if you paid the same as that other person, you know, and we did it on a $300,000 loan, you're, Payments almost $500 more right now, you know, for the exact same loan amount that you would have had last year. And so affordability is pretty good. Yeah. Well, it you know, and the other thing, good. if you take a look at it, people should go to National Association of Realtors. You're going to go in there and I want you to Google affordability index and take a look at affordability index. And what that does is takes a combination of things, house prices, average incomes, interest rates, um, and puts it all together and creates what affordability index and you'll see that historically i mean it goes back to the 50s where it shows you know prices and when the sweet spots were in time historically based on all that data and you'll realize that we're still in some of the best purchasing power times in in a long time yeah. it just changed it's like the hot tub got two degrees cooler and everybody's like oh my god it's cold now this hot tub is broken it's not broken it changed temperature a little bit 
It's kind of like a long winter. You know, you start getting used to it after a while. It's a shock. It's shocking at the beginning, but now it's like, you know what? What's another twenty below day and snow and all of that? And I think that's what has to happen with these rates. As far as I think, as we move through summer, people are going to be okay. It's not like, oh my gosh, the rates are five and a quarter percent. It'll be, you know what? I need to be able to get this house. So, agreed. You're okay. very, you're very good on agreeing today. You must agreed. Be, yeah. <laughs> best, best free website or places to get uh, best estimate on what your house is worth. Your realtor. Yeah. Go to your realtor. Prasky.com. Uh, Prasky. Oh, there it is, right there. Look at that. It's on, on the thing. But sure. um, the. Uh, I'll tell you what, I, what would you say? I mean, to me, I mean, we talked about Zillow, we've talked about Zillow so many times and getting Zestimates and things like that. And just a lot of things have to kind of play into the game. You have to have a lot of neighbors selling at the same time. Um, your type of house that's going to be able to get the most accurate uh, yeah. Zestimate that's, uh, that's available. Um, and I just think, you know, and if you move from site to site, so you know, from Zillow to Realtor.com to Redfin to whatever that are giving you these um, estimates. I mean, you're going to see a wide range of them. Closer they can be, you might be um, okay. But it's always better to just get it from a realtor. Just ask them what it is. A lot of realtors are going to give you that information for the hope and the opportunity that you're going to give them a shot uh, to be their realtor. So yeah. that's what I would be doing. For sure, you can get that good free information. But the key thing is, is when you get set up on like, like a home search on the MLS, you want very specific. And then it's actually live time, which I love, is because you have the ability to go where, like on all the other websites, it'll show as active. And so they're like, well, this, there's so many more houses to look at on these other websites. Well, it, it's not necessarily true accuracy because they're pending, you know, approval. They're pending inspection. There, whatever, there may be another contingency on there, right? So there's there's a lot of times those free sites don't have that any way to capture that information. So they're not displayed. So on the true MLS, on the real estate MLS, when you get the emails from us, there's also a really cool app, form of an app. It's very nice, super easy to use. Call your local realtor, have them set you up on a search, and then um, and they can dial it in as tight as you want it. If you don't see enough stuff, loosen up the search a little bit and you'll see what you want to see. But that and then, you know, the other sites that are out there, just remember, you know, realtor.com is, is a go-to for me. I use my Remax app. I use a lot of those other apps. But just remember, the whole reason why they give that information for free, just like you, you, you go to the timeshare and they give you a free whatever to go see the presentation, right? And I'm kind of in that math mind frame because I'm down here in Florida today. But, you know, the idea there is, is that there's um, nothing's free. So eventually when you click it, you do a showing, they sell your name, they sell your information to somebody and it's all right in the disclosure. If you look at the disclosures right on the, on the apps, you can read all that information. It's very true. It's very true. The other thing is, is those apps have no idea what you've done inside your home, just so yeah. you know. So they're just predicting what everyone else has done around you. And then they're basing that on uh, your value. So. Yeah. Agreed. Right. We're moving right along today. Yep. Hey, while I uh, get ready for this pop quiz, Andy, do you have any uh, big plans on your Florida trip? You know, we're uh, we're actually kind of wrapping it up here. We've been here all week, so um, we're getting to that point now where we're, I think, going to do a beach day today with the group. I've got my home, the, the preferred home team. We're all down here on our, our earned team vacation. Uh, so those of them watching, um, they're probably in the condos next to us here. Um uh, have a little coffee and it's awesome. Okay, here we go, boys. We're going to go one after another and uh, let's go, Andy, the vacation man. You'll lead us off with this one. Okay, insurance companies not willing to deal. I can't hardly read this, sorry. Not willing to deal directly with borrowers, usually pay a loan servicing and preparation fee and make real estate mortgage loans to purchase indirectly through. Um, so insurance companies not willing to deal directly with borrowers usually pay a loan servicing fee, preparation fee. Um, 
I'm going to say that they're buying indirectly through Freddie Mac. What do you think, Chris? Am I right? Tell them. I have no idea. I don't. It doesn't sound insurance companies, and I don't. I don't. It doesn't make sense to me. So let's see what it is. Mortgage. Mortgage companies. Oh, okay. I, I'm sorry. I can't hardly read you guys. I apologize. Maybe you're okay. For the past, for the I can read them. For the past 30 years, the Stone family has operated a neighborhood grocery store. Well, last week, the city council passed a zoning ordinance that prohibits packaged food sales in the area where the Stone's grocery store is located. The store is now an example of violation of MNO domain, illegal enterprise, non-conforming use, or a variance of the zoning laws, and it will be non-conforming use. They're going to still remain to be able to have a grocery store there, but if no other uh, store can be able to come in there and or if it burns down, they might not even be able to rebuild it. That's one correct. Zero. So you know. One zero. At least you can read it. I'll read this one for you, Andy. Okay. A mortgage company makes a number of loans to be assembled into one package and then sold to permanent investors. This process is an example of interim financing to the mortgage company, and it's called discounting, package financing, warehousing, or blanket financing. Boy, I have no idea. Um Sounds like a mortgage quiz for a mortgage broker. Um, I know this one. Go ahead. Warehousing. Yeah, baby. Yeah. Thank you. By the way, you can help, you can help Andy, me next okay. time. Andy, it's okay. You're on vacation. You're in a relaxed state of mind. Yeah. The Rose family owns a home in a semi-rural area, which is about five years old. Recently announced plans for a new regional airport. Wow. Will place their home directly in line with a main runway that ends one mile before their home. Nice. If the airport is constructed, will this diminish the value of the Rose Hall? Where's the yeses? Uh, oh, boy. This is going to be um, functional, functional obsolescence or, or economic. economic. I'm going to go with economic. It's going to hurt them. They're just they're going to lose their they're going to lose their shorts. Economic, correct. We got it. All right. Well, you, hey, you want to read this, Chris? This is kind of interesting. Economic or external obsolescence occurs when factors unrelated to the property itself and outside of the owner's control diminish its value. A quick way to judge this, uh, that it hasn't become obsolete, is to analyze whether under new circumstances the location would still be chosen as a home site. That's good. And if yes, at what value compared to the current property? And if you have a house at the end of an airport, I mean, it's gone. More than likely, if that was to happen, the airport would be buying that house. Right. Or forced to buy that house and pay you quite a good, nice little deal. Yeah. Can you read it, Andy? Yes, yes, I can. In order to be valid, all exclusive listings must include permission for the listing broker to appoint subagents. And God, why do I get these questions? You guys always screw me. Uh, I know this one. Automatic clause, a forfeiture clause, a default date of expiration. Um, yeah, it's the last one, right? Yep, I agree. Correct. Have an expiration date. Hey, remember that whole broker thing? See, I got to know that stuff. I'm just saying. I know. Okay. The primary purpose of truth and lending is to control interest rates on behalf of the consumer, control the two, true cost to close a transaction, disclose the true cost of obtaining credit, disclose the true cost of only an FHA loan. I got to go with B. Two, it's B or C, but I think it's B. No. Damn it! I mean, darn it! It's yeah. C. I think that's just dumb. Obtaining credit. I mean, that's <laughs> getting a mortgage. It's yeah, I guess. My fault. Is- I should have read better. <laughs> the 
the total collection of rights which may be claimed by a private ownership is best described as um, the fee simple system. Number two, I think it is, right? Or the bundle of rights. Bundle That's of right. rights. Bundle of rights. Yep. Wow. Good job. I wouldn't have got that right. I was, I was, I, I just honestly, I'm like squinting at the screen, so I apologize. Oh, there you <laughs> go. Okay. The recording of an instrument gives actual notice, legal notice, constructive notice, documented notice. Documented notice. Seriously. Constructive. I was doing so well. Yeah, you were. All right, last one. Hey, what is this? Is this is this Poland laws or what? <laughs> you guys say that every time. It's just free real estate exam questions. No, we said Brazil one time. It's so Ohio. Um, okay, freehold real estate includes. Um, Life estates, please. Damn. Uh, Freehold. I'm glad you got that one. I have no idea. I'm going to guess uh, leasehold estates. I have no idea. Life estates. The distinctive characteristic of freehold estates is that they endure for an interminable duration. Oh. Good for them. Huh. Interesting. Oh, boys. We, go back to, we might have to go Not back to the real estate school. Yeah, uh, get the answers before the show uh, so we can cheat. We look good. All right, let's answer a couple fan questions, listener questions. First yeah. one. Fans, wow. Okay. I like that. How can a house be already sold before it is listed? Happens a lot on coming soon listings that people can buy them sight unseen and uh, purchase it without going in it. Uh, they can have an inspection and go in it, but uh, it's happening more and more. I just had one um, probably a month ago that I was going into. It was one and a half million dollars and it uh, was bought sight unseen before we could go and look at it. Yeah, that, uh, that happens a lot in new construction too, where you see. Houses that are, are built and then they go up for sale, sell, close because they don't do it correctly. And they make it look like it had one day on market just to increase the real estate agent stats. Yeah. Gosh, I can't even I can't even tap my stuff around here. My microphone must be awesome. I mean, I like to, you know, I was mad that I, I got things wrong. And I'm yeah. getting little messages here that I can't I have to stop tapping. I should get rid of the, the – I had garbage trucks behind me about 10 minutes ago. Yeah, it's probably Andy's garbage trucks. They're hauling away my – Beep, beep. <laughs> if you get a free appraisal from an agent, are you obligated to list with that agent? Yes. No. 100%. Okay. Actually, no. agents don't give – agents probably don't give appraisals unless they're licensed appraiser. Um, it's just – it's wording. We give what's called a market analysis. Um, and typically, typically those are of, of no cost most of the time. Um, I just think it's, to me, it's just be honest and straightforward and just say, I mean, I've had people do that. Just say, you know what? We don't think we're going to do it. We might sell it ourselves. We don't even know if we're going to buy, but we really want to know what it's worth. Are you willing to do that? Absolutely. No problem. It's just kind of when you get used and, you know, I've already got my agent and I'm going to try to get three other people in which to do it. You know, if there's no opportunity to just say it, maybe even offer just a little something, you know? Well, it's, you know, I've even seen where people go to the extent, which is kind of funny because this is starting to bite us in the butt where real estate agents are like, they give, they're, they're complaining because the, uh, they just paid for a lead off of Zillow and the person requested a market analysis off of Zillow. They've also been looking at cash offers and they're only asking that agent to come out there to confirm the cash offer they had is actually a decent offer. And because of the way the world is set up right now, nobody penalizes you for doing that. So people get away with it all the time. And so, you know, that person probably just paid $300 for that lead. And on top of that, they, you know, it, 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 nobody cares about that, the real estate side of it. But I'll tell you what, that's what's happening versus you get an honest local person that you're going to call them, call the office, have them come out, 
tell them, hey, I'm selling between now and the next 10 years. Can you give me a market evaluation? And, you know, make up your mind that way. So, Andy, we, you and I got uh, hired to come out and it was, I thought it was pretty cool because this person, you know, is in an area that Andy and I don't really super specialize in. Uh, and he wanted our opinions and he was, he said, I'd like to pay you um, to be able to come out and just kind of give me an opinion so I can kind of work with who the agent is I'm going to work out here, but kind of from a marketing standpoint and what we thought of value and stuff. It was, it worked out very nice. Yeah. Yeah. And we got a free sandwich out of the deal. We got lunch too. Yeah, we did. He knew, he knew how to get to us. He's like, I got these great sandwiches from a local place. It's amazing. And we're like, yeah. we're there. <laughs> Can a seller be charged with discrimination when choosing a buyer's offer? Who knows? I guess that's up to the, to the buyer. Um, you know, Andy keeps talking about these letters are going to cause uh, little love letters are going to cause lawsuits and stuff. But uh, I haven't seen it happen yet. Um, I guess until someone gets really, you know, like feels they, you know, maybe maybe they lost out on five offers when the interest rates were three percent. And now the prices are up and now they can't even get into a house. And why not take a shot at it? That, that, that's hard. how it goes. Biggest thing it'd be hard to prove, but for an example, you know, just somebody saying, Hey, I want to sell to this person because they're like me. That that's not like be selecting the offer. I mean, and you can't tell people how to make decisions, but I'll tell you what, you'd also can guide them and giving them the proper information so they can try to make the right decision without being, you know, guided by their emotions. Should be a business decision. But some people say, Hey, I wanna, you know, have these people because they're going to raise their babies here like I raise mine or whatever. They like baseball like my kids like baseball. How do you prove that? You really can't. But I'll tell you what, it gets to the point of where, you know, desperate uh, buyers will do anything they can to get an edge on their competition. That is, you know, a lot of times, like I've even heard agents now, this is kind of Chris, maybe you've seen this on listings where they'll put the uh, the the love letter in the 30 page document so you can't take it out. So it actually comes in the purchase agreement, like in the middle of a couple of the documents. And then the uh, consumer kind of gets stuck, uh, you know, taking a look at those and, oh, look at their beautiful dog and their babies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it is what it is. They're trying to any, do anything they can to be able to get the deal and to get a, get a foot up on somebody else. So, Amen. I think it was really fun with the background, Andy, today. We need to get Chris in his sprinter and give us more exotic locations each week. I agree. I agree. I, I think, too, Andy, what about, look at those curls on this kid. Oh, your boy? Yeah, look at him. Ooh. You know, his hair was only wavy when he was younger. Then he got a buzz cut. He got, it was the worst day of his life. He, he wanted to shoot his mother at the time. And then uh, all of a sudden, now he's got these curls, and what curls get the girls, right? Is that what they say? Yep. <laughs> Lots of Polish princesses for me. If they don't. They... Oh, boy. Yeah, that was, Andy? We started a boat yesterday, and there was a gal that uh, she was she was retired, and she we, it was a big, beautiful boat, right? We we're going up the river and, and going to this really fun place, and she kept coming up to me, and she kept touching my hair going, Oh, I just love this the way it flows. And I, finally, I, somebody set me aside and goes, well, you know, most of the guys she dates right now don't have any hair. <laughs> hey, hey, Andy, does that hair stay the same when you go swimming too? Yes, it actually is. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. I was watching a segment of Naked and Afraid, and this guy's yeah. hair didn't move the whole time. And I'm like, that's Andy if he was on Naked and Afraid. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Fell yeah. <laughs> perm, perm, to my head. I got the weatherman here, man. Come on. Yeah. Hey, like awesome. Hey, make sure you give us a like and a heart if you like uh, what we do each week. We post uh, three digest digestible clips on Facebook. Check them out. They're three to five minutes. Very fun, very engaging. And then leave us a review on iTunes, Spotify, or Facebook. We really appreciate it. And we're still looking for sponsors, no? Yeah. Yeah. And thanks again, Greg, for throwing questions out there. They're always really good questions. Yeah. See you, boys. Awesome. Yeah, enjoy. All right, bye-bye. 
Thanks for joining us this week on the Real Estate Radio Hour. Don't forget to visit our website, realestateradiohour.com, where you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or your preferred podcast listening app. If you enjoyed today's episode, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes or sharing us with a friend. Until next time, stay awesome, Twin Cities.